You're listening to episode 117 of Two Views Movies on our top five horror movie concepts. Sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we're back with our first top five list since uh, the infamous episode from August of our top five scenes with flares. (laughs) Did it get infamy? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I mean, it felt like it created a buzz, everybody talking flares all of a sudden. I don't don't even know. know why we called that out. I'm I'm surprised we didn't mention Ric Flair. <laughs> That's embarrassing. It should have just been nothing but woos throughout the entire <laughs> episode. Just constant doing that. <laughs> so what are we with this time? We are doing the uh, top five best horror movie concepts. Yeah, this is your brainchild. So I will give you the honor of explaining to the listeners exactly what was in your brain. Yeah. Yeah, so so the wife and I have been watching, uh, as we do every Halloween, you know, tons of horror movies. It's just, we try to get through as many different ones that we haven't seen before uh, as much as we can. We've gone through 19 so far this year, and there's some pretty bad ones in there. But there's good movies, like you can see how some of these got made, but then the execution was just really, really bad. And so it's like the concepts there, but the movie... The movie itself was really bad. And so I wanted to do a top five horror movie concepts because not just the top five horror movies, because there's movies like uh, The Ring Mm -hmm. that in a pitch meeting, you know, you'd say, oh, yeah, they watch this videotape and then they die. Like, that's a terrible concept. They made a really good movie out of that, (laughs) but that's a terrible concept. And so the the idea, again, is, is to find the best concepts that hopefully could turn into a really good movie. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, well, it made sense to me because I have a list. So I just okay, good. It, well, we'll see if it makes sense to your list because I have not seen that yet. The, 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 <laughs> well, the sixty four thousand dollar question is whether it makes sense to the listeners or not. But true, true. Too late. We already have our list, and we're going with it. And we're going with it. But before we get to those lists, we'll have a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company may be attained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk, principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. As usual, thank you again to Buffalo Funds for sponsoring the podcast. We appreciate it. All right, so let's dive in. What is your, what is your number five? 
Okay, uh, I'll go with number five. I'll start, even though this is your list. Um, yes. I, I think this that means is a movie... I get to end. <laughs> okay, that's true. <laughs> uh, I think this is a movie we saw together. You can correct me if I'm wrong as I start talking about this, but okay. I, I'm a sucker for anything that feels Twilight Zone-ish because I love the Twilight Zone. So the, the, what I mean by that is that the Twilight Zone did a good job of like creating ideas that are kind of unique, but almost smaller in scale, and then building a, a tight little uh, episode around them. And it usually made you think and kept you on your guessing, or you know, kept you on your toes is what I was trying to say. Um, so I feel like there's a couple of movies that try and do this in the horror genre. Um, one that I saw within the last year isn't really horror. It's more thriller. This isn't my choice, but uh, Cube. I think it's something you told me to watch. Yes. Okay. So... It's something like that, but the the movie that I'm going with here is a movie about people trapped on an elevator, and one of them is the devil. Is this called Devil? Yes, it is called Devil. It's the <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan movie. So it's been years since I've seen this. I think we saw it in theaters together, and I don't think I've seen it since then. I have and not. I re- yeah. Yeah, and I remember being so kind of enthralled with the idea that like it's almost like by making a movie so small in scope in terms of all right, people on an elevator, one of them's the devil. You, you, you like create a box around the idea of the movie, and then you you start to wonder from an audience perspective, like how much can a, a writer and a director do with this concept where you're limiting yourself on so much yet the potential is so crazy because one of them is the devil so it's like this insanely small box but an idea so big as, as the devil um it, it's just a great idea now I, I remember in practice not thinking it ended up being very good i think that was when Shyamalan was still struggling but if we're talking about concepts i think it's a really really fascinating concept no i i agree uh i remember i don't remember how it ended uh, which one was the devil? Um, but I remember sitting there thinking, okay, is he just trying to be Shyamalani and make the least one that you'd expect to be the devil? And yeah. then you're like, well, no, you know, he wouldn't do what you would expect, which would be the, I remember there's an old lady in there and mm-hmm. she may have ended up being the devil, but I remember he, like, he wouldn't do that because that's the obvious twist that you wouldn't. And I feel like he did do the obvious twist, but uh, I had to see it again. I don't remember um what it was but i remember there's a bunch of different people in that elevator and i kept trying to outthink myself on that which is kind of the fun of the of the movie is not just sitting back and watching like people running and being slashed to death and all that stuff it's it's scary because of what's happening but it's also keeping you guessing as to what exactly it is and i just i think the concept is fascinating it's a it's a really great um it's a really great writing prompt like Somebody just hands you this sentence and says, "There's I don't I don't remember what the number is. There's five people trapped on an elevator. One of them's the devil. Go, Go ahead and write what you think <laughs> happens." So that right. that fit like the that seemed like that fit the mold perfectly. No, I no I agree. Well done. And you came out that with number five. Yeah, number five. Wow. And so I'm gonna do one that's uh, very appropriate for this week. We have a time traveling robot that comes back from the future to kill you for something that you haven't even done yet. <laughs> okay. And you've got this robot that cannot be reasoned with, cannot be stopped. Its sole focus is to hunt you down and kill you. Yeah. And it's an unstoppable machine. It just keeps coming. And yes, that's a, that's a concept that we've seen over and over again, but this one, you know, straight from 
from the original Terminator. Uh, I just think that's a, a terrifying concept because it's not supernatural. So if people are, you know, not believers in things like the devil or spirits or, or but this is science, I guess, or science fiction, but a, a robot with this, you can't reason with this thing. It's coming to mm-hmm. kill you no matter what. There's no, oh, wait, but yeah, there's none of that. It's just a Terminator. That's all it does. Is that different in your mind than a monster coming after you? I mean, you can't really reason with most monsters. Yeah, but is it that monster's sole purpose to kill you? Oh, God. Or no, just to kill? I, no, or just, yeah, just to kill, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, well, if I run faster than, you know, the fat kid, you know, then the monster gets the fat kid. You know, <laughs> right. uh, that's always one of the things my, my dad always said. You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to be faster than the next guy. You sure. Of and course. so, and, but the Terminator is hunting you and you alone for, for this, no matter where you go and what you do, and it won't stop. I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, you'll never hear me argue with the Terminator. I, I think that, um, I think there'll be a lot of listeners maybe be interested to hear Terminator on a horror movie list. Well, it started as a horror movie and then got cheesy action. Well, are you, or sorry, are you saying, Terminator 1 started as a horror and then went cheesy action, or are you talking the franchise? The franchise did. Terminator 1, okay. horror movie. Terminator 2, action movie. Okay. I'm saying that I think there'll be some listeners that maybe even scratch their heads at Terminator 1 being classified as a horror movie, because that's just not their initial thinking. Well, I, I'm agreeing is. with you. It's kind of like Jaws. I don't think people think of Jaws as a horror movie, but it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, right. won't, I still won't go in the ocean. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think it's just when you slap some of these tropes and put a different skin on it, like a shark or a robot, it then feels more sci-fi or it feels more just like thriller or action-y. But it's it's using some of the same, like I said, tropes and elements of horror movies. So it, it truly is a horror movie at its core, but I just think people get lost in the facade of it and don't really think of it like that. Yeah, and I like that it's a... It looks like a person, but it's not. But also, it shows you what it really looks like. Right. Because I, I hate it when... That's one of my biggest pet peeves in movies. I think it's a cop-out when the bad guy is just your version of whatever. You know, like, you're... It's different to everybody. They Everybody sees something different because it's a cop-out because the people couldn't come up with something that looks scary. Right. You yeah, know? I I agree with that. That... uh that will come into play a little bit later on my list with not the movie I picked, but a movie that's tangentially related. I never know how to say that word, but similarly related. Yeah, yeah. But I did like that they you start with Arnold, and so it's a, a guy hunting you. You realize you can't stop said guy, and he's, he's a robot. Yep. Yep. I like it. Okay. What's your number four? So number four, um, I had a couple of movies here. So I, I struggled with putting this list together, and I, I'd even sent you a message kind of before we started recording. but. I didn't know whether to approach this from the movie angle or from the concept angle. And one of, I'm going to kind of come at this one from a concept angle first, but I kind of like the horror movies that go a little bit meta, meaning that they almost become self-referential and they have a commentary on themselves about horror movies in the horror movie. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So Scream is not my movie, but Scream was really the first time I felt like a movie did that. I mean, you could argue... You know, maybe Shaun of the Dead does something similar with zombies like we talked about recently. But Scream pokes fun at horror movies while being a horror movie. And I like that idea. This movie takes that and goes a little bit further with it. So it feels like the next evolution of Scream. But I also feel like its pitch 
was really cool and they executed really well on top of it. And I'm going with The Cabin in the Woods. I have not seen The Cabin in the Woods. Oh, you haven't seen that? No. Oh, man. And we're a spoiler-filled episode, and thankfully I haven't seen it in a while, so I won't ruin it for <laughs> you. But let's just say that it is highly meta when it comes to horror movies and this idea of people acknowledging horror movies and what they are and the tropes that go along with them, but rolling that into uh, the use of it in the movie. Uh, man, I really don't want to ruin it for you. So this sucks that we're a spoiler filled podcast and I want to talk about the bits and pieces I remember, but I, I feel like this is not something I should ruin for you. So let's just, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll keep it high level on this one okay. and just say that it is, I think you will enjoy the concept very, very much. I think it's something that you would feel like is pretty fun, um, like just mentally to toy around with. And I think your brain would go a little bit into the execution of the movie. Like once once it kind of reveals what it is, I think you would start thinking about like, oh, well, that's, been, that's interesting. How would I do that? Or how, how would I have done that if I was in this? So I'm going to leave it at that. I think if the listeners have seen it, they'll understand what I'm going for here. I definitely want you to see it and... uh and maybe we'll get it brought up on a, a later podcast episode. Well, we still got a few more days of October, so we'll add it to the list. Yeah, if you haven't seen that and you guys are plowing through horror movies, you need to put Cabin in the Woods. It's got your boy Thor in it. You can't argue with Thor. Exactly. Okay. Okay, so I'm I'm out. Number four, leave that one open. Number What's your number four? four? So uh, my number fours have uh, bounced. Uh, I have two of them that landed in the number four spot. So I actually have a, a top six list. Uh, but oh, we've talked God. about both of them on previous podcasts, so that's why I didn't know which one to omit and which one to keep. Okay. But I think I'm going to keep Happy Death Day. Oh, okay. I went with the, you keep dying in a horror movie, and you keep waking up and trying to get out of the horror movie. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't really like the way that that was executed in the movie, Happy Death Day, but I love the concept behind it. It's, you say, Groundhog Day. But in a horror movie. So mm -hmm. you're, you're getting killed in all these different ways by this whatever, not a guy in a baby mask, you know, but <laughs> sure. there's something actually scary. And whether you do that uh, supernaturally or Chainsaw Massacre, like, I, I, just, I just really like that idea of a horror movie. If it wasn't done so, you know, comically, I guess, it was almost like yeah. a horror comedy. And so more so in the second one. Oh, oh second one turned sci-fi yeah it was it was no longer horror well and i felt like they really leaned into uh the over-the-top comedy yeah 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 exactly yeah so that made the list so i guess i should say what what didn't make the list or should i save that as my honorable mention at the end i'll save uh, it i'll save it you yeah we, we should save it okay so we don't in case we don't like cross streams right like <laughs> okay. we don't want to i don't want to waste I don't want you stealing years. my thunder right there you go <laughs> Okay. All right. So I'm already on number three. Number three. All right. Here we go. Uh, we both love this movie. I, again, I think that there's a, a categorization to this. So like in, with my number fours, I thought that that was more of like a group of meta movies, but Cabin in the Woods stood out to me. Uh, you'll know where I'm going as soon as I say this, but I feel like horror movies. So I'm going, you're, you seem to be going more singular pitch for a movie. And in a couple of these, I'm going more broad speaking. And so my broad point on this one is the horror movies that do some sort of sensory deprivation or have that involved, I think adds an, a layer of 
intrigue to the story. I think it adds another layer of intensity for the audience because, you know, it's one thing to run from a killer screaming and you have all your wits about you. It's another thing to be, let's say, deaf and you can't hear somebody that's trying to kill you, like in Hush. It's another to have the killer be blind, and so you're trying to sneak around them, like in Don't Breathe, or maybe you can't see, like Sandra Bullock in Bird Box. But I think the one movie that does that the best, and obviously it was just from last year, but A Quiet Place. I think the pitch of there's monsters around, and they can hear everything that you do, so you have to be insanely quiet, or else it's basically certain death if you make any noise. And I think that's a great pitch, and I think they executed on it perfectly, and it made for an incredible viewing experience. Such a good experience that I have yet to rewatch that movie because I'm horrified that it will be lesser when I watch it on TV instead of in the theater. I, I couldn't agree more. That that almost made my list that uh, that did not make, but it was definitely a contention. But no, I agree with you completely. It has that, the, the concept is is perfect and the way that they did it uh, was much better than most. Because the problem with most yeah. horror movies is that these are usually first time directors. And then once they make a good one, they get taken and to make other movies and they never come back to horror, mm-hmm. except in our new elevated horror you know, kick that, sure. that people are on now. Uh, but, you know, A Quiet Place could have easily been a very, very bad movie. Of Here's the concept. And then, you know, 20 minutes in, we've, oh, we can talk now because they can't hear right. us because we did this. You know, yeah. and they would have just abandoned the concept, but they stuck with it. And they, that's kudos to them. We've said it before, I think, maybe uh, randomly on the podcast, but the bad version of a quiet place is bird box. I mean, they, they swapped out the hearing for the site, but it even does the thing that you don't like, which is in, you mentioned it earlier, but they never really show it. But I think that whatever they're seeing is like different for them. I don't know. Bird box is just not good. However, hush is solid. Don't breathe is solid. And a quiet place is great. So I feel like that those experiences are a little bit better in those kinds of movies because of, uh, the idea that like you can't see or you can't hear all that plays an extra factor. Did you hear that uh, originally in Bird Box they had a villain or they had a, a creature and it kept making Sandra Bullock laugh? Yeah, it was something like an evil baby or something like that or, or, is what she said it looked like. Yeah, just some some creature thing. Even though I don't understand it because you should have been blindfolded, but um, right. It uh, so they just cut it and said, "Oh yeah, everybody sees something different," and which is to me it's a cop out. Yeah, it was no good. Yeah. No, I agree. Good choice. Okay. So I'm on number three. Yep. So I'm going to go with one that kind of kind of flies in the face of the what we've just talked about. Of There's a group of people isolated in the middle of nowhere. One of them is trying to kill the rest because they've been possessed by something. Okay. And you don't know which one. Which one of your friends have been infected. And that's uh, that's from The Thing. So that's been on lately. And uh, I just love how much that movie has won both of us over in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's just, it's a very simple concept. One of you, yeah, one of you that I've known for forever is a killer. It's not like a group of strangers that don't know one another. It's now mm-hmm. one of my friends, maybe the killer, maybe not. I don't know. And and so that that whole concept is uh is really good and you know I we just saw this what in the past year or so mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. 
have both taken it deserves the hype that it got it really does yeah there's no nostalgia there for us <laughs> so it's not like we're <laughs> no, adding it no. to the list because oh you know in 1986 we saw it when we were four and we loved it yeah if anything it's more of a testament to the fact of how good it is that we could see it now with all of its practical effects and i mean let's be honest i like john carpenter a lot but you know, he can be hit and miss and, you know, it, Carpenter movies have a certain feel to them. So to go back and watch the thing for the first time in the last year and be like, wow, that, that really holds up. It's such a good premise. and It's executed so well. I mean, I think that speaks volumes to the movie because, yeah, if you grow up with it and then you have all this nostalgia that you can't decouple, but we have none of that. No, no, this is just straight up. Good job, Carpenter. But I feel like that's a little bit. So you're your entry of the thing is kind of like my entry of devil. I mean, you could kind of lump those together, like in terms of that singular pitch that you're talking about. Yeah. One's what an alien and the other one is, is Satan. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's sort of like the, the who's who, who done it. What what are we dealing with here? Kind of thing. I mean, I think the, clearly the thing I I think operates in the even more uh, like a cloud of mystery because you don't know what the thing is either. Whereas, you know, Shyamalan just lays his cards on the table and says, one of these guys is the devil. Let's figure it out. Yeah. And I just think the thing that makes it the thing that makes the thing different is, is again, mm-hmm. they all know each other. Yeah. You know, the, the devil is a, is a group of strangers and one of them happens to be the devil. So you don't know if somebody's acting off or that's just how they are or somebody's are right. always a jerk and doesn't make him the devil because he's a jerk, you know, but in the thing, they've all been living in this you know, what's in Antarctica, you know, Mm -hmm. together with these people. And then, yeah, he may be trying to kill me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I like that. I mean, for a, usually we go a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit of disagreement on stuff, but I'm, I'm thinking the, I like both of our lists so far. In fact, it's got me wanting to go watch some movies now. Actually, I want to watch pretty much everything on my list and pretty much everything on your list. Oh, I'll, I'll make sure that that changes soon. (laughs) <laughs> okay. but it's your turn <laughs> okay number two. and uh number two well i loved this movie when i saw it in theaters i ranted and raved about it because i'm not one to go see a lot of horror movies but this one started catching buzz and i went and saw it and everything from the score to everything worked out great but um again i'll talk at a high level about horror movies in general um tend to focus on you know a lot about sex uh youth promiscuity i guess if you want to say it follows takes that to a whole other level and says, okay, we're going to still do the whole sex thing, but uh, that's going to be how this demon it, I don't even know what we want to call it, but the sake of conversation, let's call it demon. Okay. Demon. Yes. But this demon is going to follow whoever has been transmitted sexually to the other person. It's like a game of sex tag and whoever's it has a demon that follows them. And it sounds so like corny in a way, but then they add in the fact that uh, only the person who's it can see the demon and it can take any shape. So like it could be your parents, it could be a friend down the street, it could be just a random person and you just never really know when and where it's going to come out. And on top of that, like it doesn't do jump scares. It just sort of like creepily follows you everywhere you go. And I think it's a... I think it's an interesting pitch because I I don't know how you succinctly say it and make it sound overly cool, but in implementation, they absolutely crushed it. Now that's where we're not going to have any disagreement. 
they they implemented this concept very very well very good yes. movie however i'm gonna say this is one of the worst pitches that you could put together i think if, I, you're, well, sitting, yeah. if you're sitting there in a pitch <laughs> yeah. meeting and say no okay so this demon follows you and you can give it to somebody else by having sex with them but okay what happens when the demon catches you well it has a sex it has sex with you to death until you right. die and then it goes back to the last person that had it and like this is this is a stupid, a stupid concept. Well, what does it look like? Well, the demon can look like, you know, your friends or your family. So then you already go down that other concept that we talked about of that's lazy. But in this movie, they did it so well. They may know the people, but the people look, look creepy as all, all get out. Like there's no, oh, yeah. there's no mistaking that this is the, the thing that's following you. Yeah, and, I, I could see why you think that's a bad pitch. I think there's elements of it that are a very cool pitch because I think you start to think about what would happen if I was in that situation. And I think that's where It Follows naturally tends to, to lead you a little bit. But yes, I do agree that like, I mean, let's say Garrett and Carson walk into a Hollywood studio and try and pitch this idea. I mean, that that's going to be a rough sell because of everything involved. But yeah, the, <laughs> the end product is, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they, they knocked it out of the park with a crappy to me with a crappy concept and then they just, i don't know they made, I think, made an I think, excellent movie i think the difference between crappy and uh like cringy or hard to explain because like when you start rolling the concept in and you have to reference sex so much it just it gets to be like okay it, you're you're sounding like a weirdo right like everything's sex as i mean and that's truly yeah. what the movie is but when you break some of these horror movies down uh, that is a lot about like what happens in these movies. There's always sex going on in horror movies. So I feel like it's leaning into that on purpose and just taking it to the next level to say, instead of just, you know, beating around the, the concept and just always having teens run around having sex in rooms while a murderer goes about that. What we're going to do is have the demon follow whoever is having sex. So it's instead of Michael Myers bursting in and trying to kill them while they're doing it, it's they're going to do it. And then Michael Myers is going to chase whoever did it last, like a sinister game of sex tag. I mean, so it takes that that scream rule, right? And, you know, it never never kills the virgins. The virgins always survive scary yep. movies, and, exactly. And that's what would happen here. But if you're sitting in that pitch meeting and they say, "Gosh, there seems like there's a lot of sex here," but wait, when the demon catches you, <laughs> it has yeah. sex with you to death. <laughs> yeah. What? Like, really? <laughs> All right. Well, we've already got enough sex, so let's just go with it. Let's just let's just go one more step with it. Yeah. And just add Clearly, it. Clearly, these guys have an agenda they're pushing. <laughs> So so yeah I I I I love the movie hate the concept so okay that's I, I'm not sure I give that to you nope well I'm taking it anyway you're so. taking it anyway yes okay. okay I think it's more okay hold on I think okay. it's a, less about the sex obviously and more about the, the thing demon following that you. follows you yes 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 so if you just okay. leave it with it okay you just walking around and this thing follows you very slowly and you just have to get away before you pass it on to somebody else. Well, yeah, right? like if, that, the, if you say that high level, maybe, right. maybe. But then you go, well, how do you pass it on to someone else? Well, you have sex. With well, them. well. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that is, <laughs> okay. All right, what's your number two? Number two. This is one that is in, uh, I think, a fantastic concept. Not so great on the execution piece. Okay, first one of these, I think. So you have, it's kind of a, uh, be careful what you wish for, pun intended. Uh, you get your, uh, I like the idea of you get wishes. They don't go according to plan. But also, the bad guy has no power unless you wish for something. 
<laughs> okay. And so, and so I, so I really enjoy the concept of Wishmaster. And so you look at like the genie from Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have your three wishes and then he has unlimited, what does he say? Nearly unlimited Infinite cosmic, cosmic, cosmic power or something like that. Yeah. Um, semi-phenomenal, nearly cosmic. I think that's what he goes with. And, uh, but he can't use it unless you make a wish. And so Wishmaster uses that concept of he's, he's, he can do anything, but somebody has to wish for it. Mm-hmm. And then he has whoever freed him from, say, the lamp. Um, it's not a lamp in Wishmaster, but whoever frees him from the lamp, once they do their three wishes, then he can, you know, run wild on the world. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's the idea. But the, the movie is so bad because people use their, their wishes uh, like the writers couldn't think of creative ways to twist them. So like they'd be in jail. I want to be on the other side of those bars. I mean, how do you think he's going to do that? He's going to, I'll just let you, how do you think he's going to do that? What? Just unlock the door? No, I mean, he's an evil genie. And so he squishes you through the bars and you, you're dead. Oh my God. This sounds terrible. It's terrible. But the idea is there. You so know? it's an evil, so it's an evil genie. It's an evil genie. What what is his end game? I've never seen any of the Wishmasters. So the, what's he trying to do? The end game is the person who freed him has to use three wishes, and then he's free to basically summon all the jinn, and they can take over the world. Okay, so but anybody anybody anybody, mo- can, anybody can make a wish throughout the whole movie, and so you're walking down the street, and anybody can make a wish, and he tries to he gets more powerful and more wishes that he grants, but he uh, he can't use his power until he until somebody actually wishes for it. What? This sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. This sounds like a terrible concept. No, it's a, it's a fantastic it's, it's a be careful what you wish for. It's like that uh the Monkey Paw movie. It's the same idea of you wish okay. for something and it goes wrong. Right. So, uh, okay, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time following this. But somebody has to wish for him to be free in order for him to be free and take no. over the world? No. no. No, come on. Come on. So, Garrett Garrett finds the lamp. Uh huh. He frees the genie. So the genie comes out of the lamp. Okay. Okay. Garrett gets three wishes. Once he uses those three wishes, the genie can bring all of his friends and take over the world. So nobody in the movie ever uses three wishes? No, but anybody can use a wish. But the goal is to get so Garrett wh- to use three wishes. But why would the Wishmaster then like kill people by squeezing them through the jail thing? Because then they can't do another wish. He killed them. But only you can do three wishes because you're the one who freed him. He can kill anybody else he wants if they make a wish. Oh, oh, this is stupid. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. This is stupid. It's, it's a good concept if done well. It's, not, it's not done well. And so it's not, not. It doesn't work. <laughs> I, this is not retaliatory for you coming in. It follows. It sounds like thinking, it is. I'm not thinking. It sounds this like is a it good is. Concept. No, clearly we both just put disagreements at number two for some reason because <laughs> I, I am not thinking. I am not thinking that this is a good concept at all. No, I mean you make. It's basically like the monkey paw. You've seen that? No, I have not seen that. I thought we watched that in high school at some point. I don't know. That's Jordan Peele's production company. That's all I know. <laughs> where you make a wish and she wishes like for a million dollars and like her son gets killed at the, the plant and the insurance check is a million dollars. Yeah. Right? I don't think I've seen that, but that no. sounds kind of cool. But Wishmaster sounds pretty terrible. It's the same idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Right. Okay. That was my number right. two. What's your time to unveil my number one. Oh, okay. So my number one, I, it's kind of obvious. 
Um, it, it's both a good movie. Well, the first one's good, and uh, the concept is really great. I'm going with Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. I feel like the idea of a bad guy that can haunt you, because we all know the boogeyman, can haunt your dreams, whatever. But then the fact that you can die in your dreams and the lines between reality and the dream world get blurred. And then you can do crazy stuff like they did in Dream Warriors where like, if I want to dream myself as a ninja, I'm now a ninja that can go fight Freddy. I just think it is a very, very cool concept. And I would even say that maybe without Nightmare on Elm Street, there's never an Inception from Christopher Nolan. I mean, it feels like the precursor to that. So I think it's such a very cool idea to take nightmares and turn them into something where you can actually die in those nightmares. Uh, Wes Craven crushed it on that one. Uh, it, it's a great idea. When was the last time you saw Dream Warriors? Oh, I saw it uh, within the last year or two. I mean, I know it's I know it's cheesy, but I mean, it's conceptually, awful. it's, it's awful. very cool. But no, I, I agree. Uh, and that was my number one, so I'll audible to my my default. But uh, what, I Nightmare know, on Elm Street was your number it, one? It was, because you, oh, think, nice. you, you think of trying to stay awake, especially when you're trying to stay awake, uh-huh. you know, and you know if you fall asleep, you're going to die. And that's just something that you, you have to do. And there's nothing more frightening. You know, then if you actually do fall asleep, someone's going to yeah. kill you. Yep. And, and I love how you have all the things that are in typical dreams of the, you know, you're trying to run, but your legs are like in quicksand type thing. Yeah. You know, all those concepts that you can do in the dream world. And this guy who's a child killer, arguably pedophile, depending on which version you're looking at. <laughs> right. Um, you know, is basically the, the most you know, a burn victim that has these claws. I mean, that that's haunting your dreams. I mean, you, you have a perfect setup for just terror. Now he's kind of, he kind of gets to the, the cheesy point. I mean, we are made in the eighties here uh, right. and it feels very eighties. And even the, the newer ones aren't as, as good because Freddie is just Freddie at this point. Yep. But uh, no, the, the idea and the concept that was, that was my number one as well. So yeah, well, it's hard to go wrong. Plus as a kid seeing this, I mean, it's one thing for your parents to be like, you know, hey, the boogeyman doesn't exist, or these monsters or werewolves or whatever don't exist. But then if like they're like, Freddy doesn't exist, like, well, how do you know? Freddy's in dreams, and I have dreams all the time. So, yeah. like, it's really hard to convince your kids that the guy that's in their nightmare haunting them is not real. Oh, well, same in the movies. Yeah, right. That's why it works so well. Uh, it is why it works so well. Does he exist? I don't know. What uh? What are you audibling to then? So we talked about this in our deserves a reboot. If you remember that top five movies oh, that geez, uh, no. deserve a reboot, uh, do you know what which one I'm referring to? No, that's been like a year and a half ago at it, least. It's it's I think that was March ish, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so that's why I didn't put it on the list. It would have been further down, and I would have mixed some things around. But uh, I went for there is a key that opens different dimensions and the dimension are different hell dimensions. Mm-hmm. And you have these different types of demons that it's not your traditional devil, uh, but it's definitely a version of someone's hell and uh, in, in Hellraiser. Yeah. You know, and I think a competent director uh, that could start from scratch and do this concept. Uh, I mean, Pinhead is iconic, but, I don't think people have seen these movies and like them because they're not good. Um, I agree. I've only seen one of them because I was out of you know, like sheer morbid curiosity. Like, you know, okay, what is Pinhead? And then I watched it like, this sucks. I don't even want to watch this. Yeah, there's like eight of them and none of them are good. 
Yeah. And I kept thinking, somebody's got to turn this around, you know, because it's a fantastic concept of this dimension. You open this dimension, uh, this hell dimension. There's different types of demons in there or different ways people have are paying for uh, their sins in life. And that was their torture method. I just think the whole, you have a good script behind that concept. I just think, I mean, kind of a event horizon kind of did that mm-hmm. uh, and put it in space. And they did a whole lot better than Hellraiser with, with Sam Neill and how yeah. he was uh, in a different, I guess that was a different dimension, right? Uh, it's been a while. I, I, I generally understand the reference you're making, but I have not seen event horizon and I don't know how long. Oh, uh, it's a fantastic movie. I, I, may watch that again now um, that I mention it. But that's basically what they do is they go to Hellraiser's dimension. So I liked that idea. I liked that concept. Uh, poorly, poorly executed uh, in all eight movies. Yeah. So it, I, you had to audible. So I'll give you a, a minute here. Uh, how would you re-rank those then? It, I mean, clearly you want Nightmare on Elm Street as your one. So you'd keep that the same. But like if you had to include Hellraiser, where would you have slotted that? Um, I would have, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was toying with it at four. Okay. Uh, I was a happy death day. Cause again, we already talked about it in the happy death day episode. And so I was, <laughs> right. I was going to swap. I, I know we had talked already about both of those. And so that's where I was going to put it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think it's worth noting that, I mean, we both had the same number one, which probably speaks volumes to the quality of the idea behind number one nightmare on Elm street. Yeah, and there's a reason why there's eight of those, right? Sure. Eight, nine, ten. How many of those are there? Yeah, I mean, it's so much easier to do more with that than like Jason or Michael Myers, uh, you know, Halloween or whatever, Friday the 13th. But the the dream world can just go forever. It's unlimited. You can do anything you wanted. Yeah, and the Dream Warriors concept was was brilliant, but they didn't actually use any of their their skills. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, and you know, and we talk about great concepts that turn out to be bad movies. There's a lot of bad concepts that turn out to be bad movies also. Oh, for uh, sure. Like human centipede. <laughs> right. Like why? Goes without saying. You're why? Right. Exactly. Why? You know. Just pushing boundaries is yes. all we're trying to do. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> just while we're on that, so we can never mention human centipede again. Why would you name it human centipede? Why wouldn't you let that be kind of a reveal? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe they think that that's going to put butts in the seats. People <laughs> would want to know what that is. Uh, that's no, that's a terrible, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> no, if you want to trick people into seeing a human centipede, you know, I think you have to title it something else. And, maybe they thought it was like a Kafka movie, like the metamorphosis. Yeah. A butterfly effect. <laughs> Thinking of insects. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think, All uh, right. I think that wraps it up for me. I think so too. Where can they find you on Twitter? At, Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. And you can find the show on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at at Two Views Movies. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. But if you're on Apple, be sure to leave a review to help spread the word about the show. Next week, we have Terminator Dark Fate. Yes. I don't think either of us knows what to expect going into that so that should be interesting yeah well i think we know what to expect i just hope that we're pleasantly surprised yeah that's what i meant (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right well we will catch everybody next time what should we do next 
something good, something bad, bit of both, bit of both.